0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined as always by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And we're back, Scott, and it's it's that time of year again. Well, I guess three times a year where we're starting to, to get more than a, a tiny trickle of spoilers.
1: Yeah, it's a little slower this time. We haven't we haven't had the big article reveal yet. So we well, we'll wait on that one.
0: Would you consider the trypticon reveal to be that do you think they're gonna do another one
1: uh yeah i mean like even for some of the in the middle of season spoilers there were some like ign type things that that had like you know five or six spoilers it was in the middle of everything else so like it kind of just gets lost but like right it wasn't always just a huge katako kickoff but um Mm. Like, I don't consider the Triptychon thing to be part of this, because...
0: It's more tied to Gen Con? Eh,
1: it's just not, like, to me, I know, it's, like, not even numbered as part of the set. That's fair. So, like, to me, it's it's something that's, like, extra and, like, not really... Like, the theme of the set is not Triptychon. whereas, like, yes. the theme of the set continues to be, like, you know, the cards that we've seen, and they're more on, quote, on brand, I guess you would say. Makes
0: sense. Yeah, I follow. I'm picking up what you're putting down. It, uh, yep. I, I'm very curious because I was thinking about it today on my drive home from work, and we're just under, at least at the time of this recording. By the time it goes live, it'll obviously be different, but we're just under 50 days until the official release, I think, uh, wow. or somewhere around okay. there. So because it's early November, we're part way into September already. By the time this goes live, we'll be, you know, roughly halfway. Uh, it's we're getting close, so it. I expect that the the velocity of the spoilers is going to increase naturally.
1: Yeah, I can say at the time of this recording, we've not received any yet, but I've, I have it on pretty good authority that they'll be coming out soon. So mm. I would imagine that other content creators slash influencers out there um, through various channels, because, you know, there's different ways that people... Of course. Talk to people, uh, we'll be getting theirs within the next few weeks as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And we actually, which we'll get to a little bit later, but uh, we did already get a couple, well, not a couple, a single spoiler from one of those, I guess, third party outlets, kind of thing, content creators, as opposed to directly from Wizards. So it's already getting underway and. There's some pretty interesting things in this, but again, we'll get into that a little bit later. The first thing we wanted to talk about was actually some recent events, because the qualifier season is still live by the time that this podcast goes live, and you don't have a whole lot of time left if you were planning on qualifying before those last chance qualifiers, which at this stage, we know they exist, but Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, there hasn't been any details other than, yes, they are a thing, correct? Uh, correct. Uh, publicly. Yes. Correct. Right. Yeah. I don't, as far it, it, we know, they're going to be at PAX. I mean, if any of you out there listening, you probably are familiar with the entire concept. If you played other games, it's last chance qualifier. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's your last chance to try and squeeze in literally the night before sort of thing. That's what I'm expecting going in. And yes, there are certainly instances in other games where people have done that and then gone the distance the entire way. But you're putting a lot more pressure on yourself if you're going to try and tackle it via that route rather than qualifying in the remaining store <clears throat> qualifiers.
1: Yeah, you know, it's... It's going to be the type of thing where, like, you're, the metagame of the last chance qualifiers will be the... It, I don't want to say it'll be the same as the Invitational, but it's the same pool of cards. Right. So I, I guess... I guess it's just... De- I would imagine if you were not qualified for whatever reason, you're not going to, like, hold back and not play your best thing to try to get in the invitational. So, um, but on the flip side, a lot of the players you would think will may be playing them for fun, but I would imagine, like, we can talk about this as we get closer, but, like, if Mm. I was playing one on Friday or whatever day the last chance qualifiers are, like, there's a high percentage of chance I wouldn't be playing my quote real decks right. that I'd be playing the next day. So,
0: yeah that that definitely makes sense because if you don't have that, well, the last chance on the line, why are you going to give away all your secrets early? Right, right. Uh, For some prize tickets. Exactly. I mean, yes, there's something on the line, but the. The important, the, the focal point of the weekend is not going to be, if you're already qualified, the initial event. There, it's something that I know I'm gonna plan on playing in, assuming that the timing works out or there's not, you know, some other restriction that prevents me from doing so. But I'm in the same boat as you. I, I'll probably play something, you know, relatively competitive, but probably for funsies. Yeah. Maybe just explore some of the new cards or whatever.
1: Yeah, if I was to do it, that's what I would do.
0: So, um, but speaking about this format, to, to bring it back, so you played an event a couple weeks ago now at mine was this past weekend, but obviously date and times change, obviously, depending on when you are listening to this or watching this on YouTube. And let's start with your event, Scott. So it actually, up to this point, is the largest Energon Invitational qualifier to date outside of Gen Con, correct? Yeah, unsurprisingly. Right, we are in a. We've mentioned it many times before. We are very fortunate that is a. It's a very clustered area, and that there's a lot of people within driving distance, reasonable travel distance, that came out. And it, I think it was thirty-one. Is that the right number? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's a pretty sizable amount, and a pretty good, pretty good turnout, I'll say. So. I do have the rotating deck list, and I apologize. Anybody out there who's trying to follow, you can always head over to VectorSigma.info for the. You know, if you just want the static ones, it's rotating on its own between the event I was at and the one that Scott was at. Tell us a little bit about the the field, Scott, because while the top eight is obviously important, what actually took down the event is important, and what placed and where it placed and all that stuff. Sometimes you can glean information, as we've mentioned in the past, from the field. Did you? Is it the sea of orange that seemingly everybody thinks it is?
1: It wasn't a disqualifier because I believe that a large density of the players were already qualified. Um, so that might be part of it. I mean, if I'm going to make a value judgment as to how you know well positioned certain decks are, I would say that might be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I faced, I faced, I think three orange decks well, two strictly orange decks, one mostly orange deck, and then two mostly blue decks on the day, personally. But throughout the rest of the field that I could tell, I would still say it was pretty... I mean, it was orange slanted, but I would still say it was pretty pretty well-balanced, considering the, the vast imbalance I've seen in other places. I would say it was more balanced. Right. Um, but again, I, I think a large part of that is because... Some of us were playing things we wanted to try and other players were playing things they they wanted to try to combat some of the meta and try things out because mm-hmm. they were already qualified and things like that. They weren't just they some people weren't even a lot of people weren't even running the same decks they were they qualified with, some did. So um it was pretty varied, I would say. Like more I was not expecting to play like as much blue as I did. Uh-huh. Uh Um and There were other ones out there. So, um, I mean, I think the top eight was still pretty orange slanted. Right. Uh, I think what it was like, three blue decks, three mostly blue decks, and then five mostly orange decks.
0: Right. Um, I mean, I don't think we're, I don't want to say we're never going to get the the even four-four split, but I think five to threes, you know, that's relatively even. Yeah, I
1: would say that was probably representative of the field
0: makes sense uh now the specific matches are up i know stefan so shout out to him for recording some of those i know that the conditions were a little cramped i was actually watching your game earlier scott um (laughs) as i was working on other stuff like the beating i took Uh, yeah well (laughs) you had mentioned that offline and i'm like is it was it really or was he just saying that And, and yeah it's kind of what you said (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I had
1: I had virtually no chance of
0: winning that match. <laughs> the, to be honest, I I did skip through some of it because it was like ninety thousand turns of I'll do one yeah, right? yeah. for some of yeah. it uh, until the the Pierce engine started to to get there among other things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, the. It's hard to make your opponent have no cards in their hand when they have a guy that keeps getting back an upgrade every single turn. So
0: and relevant ones as well, right. Uh, right? That that kind of it's not just handheld blasters or other nonsense. It's relevant right. upgrades, right? Uh, so let's talk about takeaways from that event because uh, anybody out there who's listened to us and if you're out there doing your homework, like you were saying, Scott the reports coming in from other events is that it is a lot of orange and it sounds Mm -hmm. like a lot of people at the event were as you said trying to experiment either to answer the meta just try a new deck do something different because they had that buffer of already being qualified do you think that there's a problem do you think that it's just everybody is they it's the collective unconscious saying orange decks are the best, so everybody defaults to playing orange decks? Or is there a blue deck out there that hasn't been discovered yet? Or what are, you, what are your thoughts after playing a blue deck in one of those fields?
1: I mean, I thought the deck was decent. Mm. I think there were mistakes with the deck list, but I thought overall that guy played was pretty strong. Um, I mean, Brian made the finals with a blue deck. Right. Um, <clears throat> and, I mean, I think the issue remains... I think, the, I think the issue is that the the, the the real strength is the three wide orange decks. Yes. And and depending on how they're built, even though I managed to take some games against them in matches, I didn't think I would have a chance of winning, um, especially from a sphere methodology. Um, but especially from just like the makeups of the deck, like that I didn't think I would win. I mean, I guess this is where the play skill kind of thing still comes into play. But Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's the strength of those that are keeping down some of the blue decks, because it just becomes difficult to... It's becomes to answer to to two deal- different
0: problems, the three... Wi- either, right, it, And the the wider things, like the blasters, the bug decks.
1: Right, right, exactly. So, like, you know, I, I'm always going to be a fan of the range package, for example, but when they have 14 health and one or two defense, or, mm. you know, or, you know, or... Dino, when they have Dinobot-type stats instead of Insecticon-type stats, like, that's where the arm hovercraft isn't, quote, as good. Right. When you're not able to swing for enough damage. So then it becomes very dependent on the hand of the blue player or, like, exactly what the makeup of the blue deck is. Like, right. you know, personally, like, like, like a bunch of little plinky pierce effects don't matter when you would be doing that damage anyway. Exactly. Um. So, like... The 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 tall, the, or I should say the yeah the the slightly taller orange decks eat a lot of that stuff for breakfast. So exactly, you know, the wide blue decks do well against the wide orange decks. But again, you have the situation where the the tall orange decks are beating up on each other, and a, a lot of it just became a lot of those fighting against each other. And then so that that can leave an opening again for these wider orange decks to come into play, and that's why as we'll get to, like, you know, there's been a predominance of, like, especially in our area, like, a lot of blaster decks making top eight, unsurprisingly, and a lot mm-hmm. of, like, um, I guess that's pretty much how it struck out. I mean, if you look at a Frenchies deck, it's a wide orange deck as well. Yes. So, you know, that's, wh- that's why a lot of it, that's what a lot of it is, I think, has hinged on, is it, I think it starts with those tall, orange decks that people are used to playing, these three Y decks that are powerful now and become even more powerful with a Battle Master, mm-hmm. and then it all kind of rearranges itself from there in the typical manner.
0: It's interesting to me. I mean you had mentioned that Frenchie was running a wide deck. I've been playing Blaster a lot. There are other variations of four plus orange four plus character orange decks that are running around in a variety of different flavors. But as you said, the on paper, the three wide or other blue decks beat up on those wide oranges, and it seems to always be, or not always, but in a lot of cases that, as you said, people show up with the three wide orange, the four wide oranges beat those up, and then end up taking down the event, but nobody ever seems to be running, or maybe, obviously not nobody, but there are very few blue decks running around to combat the wider ones. The wider orange ones. It's just interesting that it doesn't seem to shape out that way. Maybe it's just a matter of, hey, they got paired against all of, in the early rounds, all of those tall orange decks and it just didn't go well. It's just interesting to watch those sort of patterns play out because it does seem to be consistent that, okay, at this stage, we're nearing the end of the qualifier season. This is your meta. Make a judgment call as to what's going to show up at your next qualifier and then choose accordingly.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the theory is playing itself out in real time.
0: <laughs> it, it, well, that that's exactly where I'm going with it. It's just <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah. that it's you're you're watching it, and you had written up those articles, and you had created the diagrams, and we talked about it last week, the week before, and it's just that's exactly what's happening in the way it, it the the every all the cards are playing out. No pun intended, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still think there's there's definitely still room for. Um, improvements and on variations of what we see i mean
0: oh um, for sure absolutely i've
1: seen you know multi-pip you know both color decks doing well Mm
0: -hmm. um that was actually a theme of the event i was playing in but we'll get to that in a second
1: yeah i mean i I still i i'm and it's hard to i mean i think i think I think your best bet at these events, if you're still trying to qualify and you're really trying to look at it scientifically is to really look at the entire top eight and not necessarily what beat what to move on, because there might be reasons why certain decks won and certain decks didn't and who was qualified and who wasn't could still be a factor. So
0: like it gets complicated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The best bet is to just look at whatever the top cut is that's available and make your assessment from there. Like, Mm -hmm. Um, well even
0: within that as context as much of the game
1: as much of the game footage as you can also oh
0: that that one definitely I, I would recommend yeah. you want to research those things and people that are writing tournament reports and if you haven't and you went to an event please write one or make a video or something we all would love to hear about it but it gives you those context clues to your earlier point about well was this was it just the matchup was it a player was it one person was qualified and was was kind of only half invested sort of thing. Uh, it, it, there are a lot of additional factors. My major thing for me would be just try and figure out what your local area is like. As we were started out with, our area is fortunate enough to have a lot of people. So you can't necessarily predict even what a large portion of the tournament may be. But if you're showing up and your local area has in the low teens... You may know everybody, and you may know exactly what their tendencies are, and therefore you can make a judgment call of, you know, so and so's always runs aggro decks, and this other so-and-so always happens to run two tall primes since the beginning of the game, or, you know, something like that. It's, it's definitely going to be, I think, very complicated for anybody who's still looking to qualify at this stage in the season, just because... Of all the factors that you were talking about compounding with well what do I even play because people have figured out as you were describing whether it happens to be sphere based matchups or just certain interactions we're now in the part of the meta that I enjoy the most where it's okay we've identified the strengths we've identified the different things now how can we attack those known quantities or tweak existing ones so that that way you're gaining an advantage because of that one oddball green card you included that your opponent didn't expect or, you know, a different play set of something that can drastically change a matchup.
1: Yeah, and I also think that, like, there isn't... A lot of people aren't taking an opportunity to, like, tune a deck in the environment either. Like, you know, Mm. this is... Like, I don't... I already know I don't plan to run Shockwave again at the next event, for example, so, like... I might run it in playtesting or something like that or to help people out or something like that, but, like, I don't plan to run this deck again. So, like, the changes I would make to this are all theoretical. Okay. Um, and would only be tested in a not-live-fire environment. So, you know, like, I think there's a lot of that going on as well where, like, we're not getting, you know, the, the, like, you know, unbeatable deck tuned to the to the to the hills yeah to
0: the razor's edge of of, yeah (laughs)
1: arguing overall like you know how many energy i'm gonna yeah like Like, but who does that (laughs) i mean that that's just ridiculous those kind of conversations are not going on yes
0: well as you said it the the scope and the focus has changed especially for us because we are trying to I knew, or I don't want to speak for you, Scott, but I know for me, I'm bouncing between a lot of ideas because I want to explore more of what Siege 1 has to offer, especially looking forward to Siege 2, not to segue too early, but it's if you're looking at Siege 2 and you haven't fully explored or at least mostly or even tried to explore Siege 1, there are going to be a bunch of gaps in your knowledge trying to assess the cards and, well, this interaction seems good. Do I have anything to base it on? No, because I never even tried to run that card or that character or whatever prior. At least coming in that way, you can say, oh, well, Shockwave, I know in these sort of scenarios, it had these sort of weaknesses and these sort of strengths. Therefore, I'm looking for this sort of card to show up in Siege 2. Without that sort of context, it's tough to to judge the new cards, but that's why it's influencing what we're doing now forward looking. Yeah, I would agree. Um, which again, changes the scope of if people in your local area at your local qualifiers are doing the same thing, that, that could certainly change what the local meta happens to be at a given event, which as always is kind of unpredictable anyway, for the most part.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think one of the other hidden positives about going to qualifiers this large is that there is a little bit of room for mistake. Like I was listening to another podcast. Mm. Um, the Shuffle Boss podcast, and uh, one of the hosts was mentioning. I think it was Jesse that was mentioning. Um, I think they only had like seven or nine people, and like his margin of error was like one game, like one loss. He was over, like yep. he couldn't. He couldn't. He had to go undefeated to qualify. Like they didn't do a cut for whatever reason.
0: That's um, odd, but yeah, but, I mean, you were probably
1: only cut to a top two anyway. So right like, in that situation, so like the the margin for error is very small. Whereas here. I think I like, and we had a clean cut, I think, at three, one, and one. Mm -hmm. So, like, and I was eighth. So I was three, one, and one because I had an unintentional draw with another blue deck. But, like, that was the point is like, I had a margin for error, whereas other people may not have that margin for error. Right.
0: That's a good point. So uh,
1: I think, I think you actually get a better sense. I mean, obviously, we want the events to be as big as possible. Of course. But I think one of the, I guess you could call like mathematical positives of being in a larger tournament is that, is that you get a better sense of what you're playing because you, you're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to, the deck's allowed to fail you type thing. So
0: that's a, that's a very good point that I didn't consider up until you brought it up. Um, But yeah, it is a, uh, it's a valid thing that you do get a little bit of breathing room in whether it's, as you said, x1-1 or even x2 if it gets large enough that sort of thing uh depending on how the, the the official cut breaks down
1: and then on the flip side i think that like you have to have a more varied strategy going into a larger event because you're going to be facing things throughout the event that may have gotten to two o when you're o because they faced i don't know something random for the first two rounds or just good matchups for the first two rounds yeah. and then, like so you're probably also going to be facing a variety of things that you wouldn't be facing in a smaller, tighter event. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. So I don't even know. To be honest with you, I, I there's there could be an argument that the smaller events are actually more difficult because of that less margin for error. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, there's so,
0: obviously other factors that are going to contribute to that. Uh, yeah. Are, are you are you the guy at your store? In which case, maybe you walk into the room and you go, okay, I'm fine with this seven-man tournament or you know, whatever. Right. Uh, right. or is it going to be, no, you're, you're not the guy, but the other six people of that seven tournament are, and then you may be in for a long day or, or a short day, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Right. Uh, so yeah, that that's definitely something interesting to consider that I hadn't thought of. And it's, like I said, I'm still very interested in, again, I'll put out the call, anybody who has gone to an event, we are getting some more feedback in general, not specifically, but just. People who've been to qualifiers, what they played, how they did. It seems like there are more people that are willing to put it out there. And I'm very curious to see how people, you know, what do they feel about it? Just the general consensus, even if it's not a tried and true prototypical tournament report sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, As for the event that I played in, it was smaller. We did have a number of repeats also. Uh, I ended up top fouring or top twoing I guess we drew in the finals because uh everybody was I guess the guy who queued was ready to celebrate the two people who needed the qualification ended up getting paired in the top four so Frenchie and I played off on the side nobody cared about our game and, and they nobody the only game people cared about was the one with the actual people looking to get qualified again so uh I ended up running blaster and and to your point Scott it the decks at this stage are, I'm just tweaking it. I'm trying out different things. There are still some minor modifications I'd make. When I walked in, Joe made a joke that he was blaming me for the plague of blasters that apparently are showing up everywhere. Uh, I didn't realize that it it was becoming so ubiquitous, but I'm kind of glad that it is because the deck is really fun to play. Did you tell him it was my fault or did you, just, did you accept the blame? Well, I figured, I tell everybody that really you built the deck, but I took the blame for it in that case. Um, so it, I still really love this deck and I, to be honest, if I get to go to any other qualifiers, I'm going to try to, I'll probably just play it because I do actually enjoy playing it. Not just because it's been performing well, although admittedly that's part of it. (laughs) Uh, I had mentioned earlier that the part of the theme for our event, it seemed was that there were, again, a lot of people trying different things, but also more than a couple people trying to run Various mixed pip decks, obviously featuring featuring primarily General Optimus, who is, I don't know if he's quite usurped the title from Battlefield Legend, but he, he if he hasn't, he's getting close. He seems to be pushing the old faithful out despite the cries of everybody that wanted him banned for a while. Uh, General Optimus seems to be making much more waves at this stage.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't think that's. I think that's a. I mean, he's in a lot of sideboards.
0: Who battlefield so, legend? You mean? Yeah. Yes.
1: So there's that aspect of it. Um. So like that probably means that there's opportunities for him to be in main decks as well. But of course. Um. It's just a star cost if you want to try other combinations. Um. Of, of cards mm-hmm. that go along with it. Um. You know, he fits really well in with a lot of established. Double sevens that are out there. That's where you're getting like the the general sentinels, whatever you want to call them. Lists, yes, things like Which that. Which was a really
0: um, unique idea that we didn't call out from your event.
1: It was, and it was mirrored to your event, or no, it wasn't actually. It no, it was. The start, although the I did lineup was, yeah, the lineup
0: was. Yeah, the starting lineup was the same, and I did make it a point when I sat down against everybody that that laid those characters out. Did, are you running the transformational board? And they just they said yeah no not going with it and with good reason because they we had discussed it at the time but it was basically they didn't feel the way their build was going that there was ever a point where they wanted to switch into that uh which i kind of get but it's still something to keep in the back of your mind it it was just a unique and interesting concept
1: yeah i i i've never played sentinels like i I obviously saw its power level during the beginning of wave two any uh, at least. Um, so I can't really comment as to like where that fits in against the other three wide orange decks. Like why you would do one thing or the other. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. really, I don't really know. They do um, feel like
0: they attack. If you're a three wide orange deck and then you become Sentinels. To me, it feels like they attack the same thing. And then... Have bad matchups against the same things, so short of the shock value, I'm not entirely sure at this stage when you want to become sentinels. Well,
1: the one that Tommy, did at uh, comic book store, uh, was able to combine. So it.
0: it oh, he did actually. In, I mean, I saw the well, Enigma, but I didn't realize that he actually did accomplish it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was part of like what he like. He became a much more mixed deck, and then like wanted to actually like. Trigger the optimist ability to flip one of the other characters to combine faster. Okay. Etc. So I mean, I don't know how blue slanted he was actually able to get post board. Um, I don't know. I mean, I watched the deck tech that Stefan had on his channel, but I didn't mm. like you know really study as to like you know what how many blues would be left in the deck versus oranges after boarding and stuff right, like that. Right. But um, so that part of it at least was interesting is if he was able to pull it off. Right. The only—and, and like, again, I was—most of my games were going late, so I wasn't able to pay, pay attention to, like, other games going uh-huh. on. But, like, um, he lost to a four-white-orange in the top eight, quote, as expected in two right. games. So, like, like, that's where I just don't know, like, how it broke down. Like, I would assume he went—tried to go the combiner route, but, like, in talking to Eric, who beat him with Blaster, like, it didn't matter. So, like, again, like, I don't really— I mean, it's a cool deck. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know oh, again, yeah. like what axis it really, like what it really solves compared to other.
0: Things. Hey, some sometimes it's just for the lols, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good
1: deck. Don't get me wrong. I just don't. I just from a three-wide orange deck perspective, I just don't, you know, unless mm. you're becoming very, very, unless you able to become blue, which is probably the route I would go post board. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what other axes you're really fighting on. But yeah, maybe, maybe it doesn't, hmm. I just don't know.
0: I had mentioned uh, in talking to people when I was asking them whether they were featuring that plan, I had said offhand that it's unfortunate that you don't really want to start with Sunstreaker and Hot Rod and something else, typically. And then you could try and become, so you go from a three-wide blue deck to become a sort of three-wide orange deck sort of if if there was some way to make that happen as it is right now, it's just basically what you're saying if you're already three wide orange, you're just becoming a different three wide orange that is you, you're probably gonna have the same matchups, I think. but obviously he, he did well with it if he was combining that's super awesome. Uh, I'm I'm kind of sad that I missed that event. I mean I was anyway, but I'm sad that I missed seeing that in person.
1: He said he combined a couple times in the day, so I'm, I'm, sure, was, I'm sure it was the plan. So.
0: Okay. I mean, it, I'm sure – I I wish I was there, and I'm glad I wasn't, but his first opponent that he did that to, because yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Had, that had to to throw you for a loop when you saw that happen.
1: Well, because um, you're flipping the guys in the scrap out for value anyway. And it, right. Like, all of a sudden, you're
0: like, fine. Surprise, <laughs> Enigma. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. That would be hysterical. As long as it's not happening to me, that would probably be very sad for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, the, the event at at Showcase went very well. Uh, there was a variety of different things. A lot of people, again, trying out different stuff, but it is not, just so we don't repeat it all, It's it's kind of echoing what you were describing where a lot of people that were already qualified were attempting to either try out new things or just play different decks for the sake of it or... All of the reasons that we talked about, whereas I stuck with the same thing and just, I'm tweaking it because that's my favorite part about it is just tweaking the existing known stuff that I don't, I, I come up with a lot of deck ideas, most of them terrible, but it's more fun for me to actually just sit and tinker with something, but that's just me.
1: (laughs) The only thing I'll take away is mm -hmm. I I guess the, the the two events were a week apart. Yes. And I guess like we don't know the details. I've had many conversations with many different people, both officially and unofficially. Like again, I would imagine when these seasons roll around again, they will not just be you have a kit run the event. Mm. But it it's pretty obvious from this extremely small sample set that like having having them back to back and then I can tell you what's happening in a couple weeks from now is having like four of them within driving distance on the same day
0: yeah well the in the, <laughs> that's on the very last weekend correct
1: no it's the weekend before
0: oh it's the weekend before okay then i'm yep. i must have mixed up the dates i thought they were the last weekend and i was going to give the excuse well it's the last weekend everybody's trying to get it in but if that's no, not the, the case last,
1: the issue here is and i understand this the, the last weekend of the month is the magic pre-release so like i get that could it be a problem. But, I get it that stores bread and butter and it's like it's like a new set of like the cycle or the block however they work now yeah and it's like this like I don't know fairy tale or whatever hey, did you it's watch the trailer
0: thing. for it not to get too off topic
1: no 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 but I you know, I heard it was cool but no. it
0: was, it was if you haven't seen it anybody out there listening just go watch it <laughs> just go I watch heard it was cool yeah it's uh i I don't want to say anything about it because I think I'll give stuff away but yeah just go watch it. <laughs>
1: So, I think that's the last weekend of the month, so like mm. I can understand why there aren't a lot of events going on then. Um, I certainly understand that from a store's perspective. Again, Magic is a bread and butter. Of course. Um, so, but the weekend before, like especially in our area, like for some weird reason, like the one that we helped schedule, the Top Deck Games ones that, that ran all the case events, like theirs is the 21st, which we're, we're planning on going to. Right. But there's four on the 22nd four on a sunday like it's just weird
0: i mean i guess like you said it's air quotes now the last weekend because of the complication of the magic events Uh, but they're all gonna at least for our i there's they can't not they are unable to cannibal avoid cannibalizing people i'm trying to find a better way there's
1: none this weekend
0: so. Well, I mean, by virtue of what they're doing, if they had yeah, yeah. chosen a different path, we'll say, yeah. then it probably would have worked out for everyone because obviously people that are still trying to queue or just people that want to play, go play, you know, like it's spread out. So they have the opportunity now it's, well, by definition, you can't be in two places at once. So that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. One of the things I've talked to people about is like, I, I do believe that this season was a very, and I think both hearing his actual words and reading between the lines with some of what drew said is this is a like to quote rick and morty show me what you got <laughs> like you know like like that yeah. that's like the stores are showing you what their effort is and what their what their desire is to run these events mm-hmm. and like so you know next time i'm not saying it'll be the pro tour qualifier i don't know and i know that doesn't more like the way it used to back in the day. Yes, like where yeah. They get like awarded and things like that, but I think it'll be more streamlined with like a full schedule probably available when the season starts and things like that. So it's not
0: as haphazard. That, that question so. has come up frequently, so I'm confident there will be a schedule because uh, there, there are way too many people asking publicly of, hey, when's when are all the qualifiers in this geographical area? And everyone just goes, "Uh, they're happening. Call your stores sort of thing. Uh, I I anticipate it'll be, like you said, less haphazard, more organized the next time around. I
1: mean, a positive is I think a lot of players have come into the game because of this.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But
1: at the same time, like, they don't even know that, like, the regional Facebook groups exist. And, like, to be honest with you, I wouldn't know when most of our events were if I wasn't in every single regional Facebook group within the three-hour driving distance of them.
0: Absolutely. No, I I agree with you.
1: You know, even despite like, like, because to be honest with you, the people that post their regional events in the main group, I completely ignore because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go to Wisconsin to go play in your your energon qualifier. Like, why are you even bothering posting this here?
0: Like, you know, well, like, they they may need to only because of exactly what you said. Somebody getting into the game may not realize that typically this information is disseminated at the regional level through those more localized groups. So. Mm-hmm. i guess it, it doesn't hurt anything for them to post it there's only potentially something to gain
1: uh, no, so, I, it's fair
0: um but yeah i do hope that there is a more centralized list and it just a i don't think anybody's necessarily going to think that it would be a negative if there was a a i don't want to call it constricting or shrinking but if less stores were able to run qualifiers that not that's not necessarily a negative it's You could still have the every weekend filled up with geographical, you know, your local area, driving distance, whatever, with a variety of different stores. It's just that now, A, the organization that we talked about, and B, if it's not across the country, you can consolidate to get those slightly larger events instead of random six-person tournament. Now, everybody's tournament is 30-plus people, which I – Find more fun, so I'm hoping everybody else out there enjoys the the larger events as well, yeah, and we'll talk more
1: about this after the season's over. Uh, hopefully we can get some guests on that would give us their opinions as well, so
0: of course, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of uh dissection, I guess after, and room for analysis once the season's reached its full conclusion,
1: but I do in my heart of hearts believe it's being done the way it's being done purposely purposefully Mm. to gain this i don't understand where these pockets of play actually occur and then Mm. consolidate from there
0: yep well that'll do it for this week's episode folks please tune in next time where we finally get to the latter half of the initial agenda where we're going to discuss all of the various spoilers that we've gotten in recent days but before we officially sign off i did want to give a quick shout out to top deck games in new jersey they have since basically the inception of the game, been making every effort to support it. They run a number of fantastic events. It was always a lot of fun. There was always a high level of competition. And they do have one coming up at the time you're hearing this very soon, specifically the 21st of September. It's going to be one of the last Energon Invitational qualifiers in the area. So if you're looking for that elusive cue, or if you just want to come out and play some High-level Transformers TCG, it's going to be a great time. We always have great turnouts. So I'm certainly hoping that we're going to get another one, and I hope to see you there. So, as always, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more Tech Talk. Hey, guys. Dan here from VectorSigma.info. We wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of the Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like this one or verse videos or any of the other great content that we provide on our youtube channel thanks guys